0: Welcome to another edition of The More The Merrier with Donna G. Coming up on today's show, my guests are Heidi M. from High Musings, a frequent guest here on The More the Merrier. And she is an arts writer, as well as she writes about science. She's a real Renaissance person. And we're going to be reflecting on recent theater that she has seen that I haven't been able to get to because it's a busy place, Toronto. And up first, I'll be speaking to Cameron Moore Um, Last time she was here, we talked about her play at the Fringe called Phone Whore. This time she's back to talk about a different play at the Toronto Fringe. This time she's at the Fringe with Muse, an experiment in storytelling and life drawing. And the Fringe opens On July 5th and runs to the 16th, it's the 35th edition of the Toronto Fringe Festival. And for more information about that, fringetoronto.com. I hope you enjoy the show. And of course, I'll have music for you. So don't go anywhere.
1: Curated by the people, for the people. CIUT 89.5 FM is the sound of your city. You're listening to CIUT
0: 89.5 FM. This is Donna G. And joining me right now is Cameron Moore. And Cameron and I met many years ago when her performance of Phone Whore uh, was playing and I spread the word about it and she was just doing the Fringe line and I went to see it and I loved it and I told everyone to go and see it and um, now she's back at the Fringe 2023 with something a little different called Muse. So Cameron, welcome back to CIUT. Welcome back to Toronto via the airways because I know you're in Ottawa right now.
2: Yes, correct. I'm sitting here live from the kitchen and Storage space of the fringe hub here in Ottawa,
0: and um, so your perform your one person performance of Muse um is playing at the Toronto Fringe as I mentioned and how is this different from uh phone whore where you played you know a sex worker and took us through through that life
2: with some serious issues and comedy as well how is muse different in some ways it's extremely different uh it lands differently because um it's uh, the, the subject matter is quite um the approach to the subject matter I should say is quite different um phone whore is is a one woman monologue it it play but nonetheless it's just me talking and I'm dealing with some pretty kind of hardcore literally hardcore themes and um it comes crashing down the audience I think sometimes pretty hardcore um whereas Muse is is more of a conversation it's a, a gentler show it's a place where audience members can actually ask questions while the presentation is going on they can we can have a conversation we can talk about how i'm feeling about how they're feeling about how it feels for me to be doing good modeling and 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 how it felt for me when i first started and we can actually have a conversation while the presentation progresses. And so there's, there's, space, there's more space for the audience to get questions answered in a way that there wasn't in phone whore. I should say that in some ways, they're the same though, because in both cases, I, I definitely leave lots of room for people to experience their own vulnerability and support them in that. So it, there's, there's still a bit of a through line, but it's quite, it's quite meta in some ways
0: okay so in this performance piece it's a a life drawing class the setup is a life drawing class
2: Uh, it's um it's not a class because i'm not teaching um i'm not i'm not a visual artist myself and i would never presume to teach an art class uh but it is set up in the in the structure of a uh of a life drawing session so people who who have art experience, life drawing experience, they'll be very familiar with the the pacing and structure of, of the presentation. And um, everyone is, uh, 30 people I should say, we have materials every show for a maximum of 30 people. So if you want to use some art supplies, we'll have some while supplies last. And uh, then, then uh, I instruct people how the pacing goes, how the poses go, but uh, I, I don't teach anything. It's like entirely up to them for, Uh, what they want uh, to accomplish there. Some people draw, some people take notes. Um, Most people draw, in fact, if they have the materials, but they don't have to do anything in particular. I'm just giving them, this is how these sessions work for me in the past, and you can try it if you want.
0: Okay. So if people want to draw, can they bring their own material or you would prefer them to use the material there and leave the material there at the end of the show so nobody's walking away with an image of you.
2: Oh, I don't mind at all. Um, I, I'm i encouraging people to, like they can take pictures of their own work and put it up on the internet. I don't care. Um, so, so I would, if people have their own, materials bring it by all means that means that more people can have the experience of drawing um as far as the images that come out of it i am spreading those far and wide as soon as someone posts them up on instagram i am like share that story because uh i i don't feel that strange about that i it's it's very much it's a life drawing exercise and i i feel perfectly fine about the images spreading
0: okay so what type of conversation are you are you leading in in muse
2: well uh, I I give some stories so so the stories are how I kind of put out there what I I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk about I don't always get a chance to tell all the stories that I want to tell they're not memorized they're just incidents that I want to share with people and um, sometimes people just jump in with the questions straight away Um, And they will take the lead in in what we talk about. But if I'm given the the chance, I'll lead with how I got started um, doing modeling in Berlin and how that felt the first time that I did it and how just generally being in another country felt at the time because the two were very different experiences, going into an art studio and being appreciated for... The, my body, um, and then being out on the street in a, in a in a city Berlin that turned out to be very judgmental about bodies, uh, and having those happen at the same time—that's the kind of—that's uh, the 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 overarching sort of story that I want to to get there in bits and pieces throughout the the show, and kind of how I how I learn to. Accommodate that perhaps or how I learned to adjust how I grew as a person and as a as a model, Um, but like sometimes the audience wants to talk about something different, so I there's space for that as well, Um, the fact that I am fat is is right there like it's 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 right there in front of their faces so usually usually that conversation uh questions about that will come up depending on the audience uh 100 like you know what's that like being in the art studio world like that and and uh you know maybe something about my history why is berlin why is berlin so hostile turns fatties i don't know um and uh so it very much like i have my own ideas but part of this as an exercise for me is is seeing what audiences bring to the table
0: so um each night is uh you're in ottawa doing this performance at the Mm. ottawa fringe so each
2: night is different for you each night is is very different um i have certain poses uh that i like over time, I've kind of got a sense of what makes sense doing standing, sitting, lying down poses, obviously. But in terms of the the, the specific poses, those change every night. In terms of the questions, they absolutely change depending on who's there
3: mm-hmm. and
2: the timing and the music changes every night because I had my favorite uh, studio facilitator back in Berlin. He loves doing music um, for his sessions, Dave Hederman. And he he created four specific playlists for me to rotate through and so i don't know what's going to come up from show to show it is a different experience slightly different music slightly different poses and very different conversations that come out
0: over these performances you must have gotten used to um being comfortable in your in your movements too because I'm sure when you first started out, you might have thought, oh, I thought this was a good position, but holding it for this
2: long is not good. Yeah, so that, that that's something that I have mostly worked out from from having done already life modeling since 2017. So like okay. over time, doing, doing traditional. This is not my first time modeling. No, 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 no. This is like the stories that I'm talking about are coming from my beginning to seriously model in 2017 so uh i i have worked that out over those three or four years to, to, or three years you know to to be like yes this will work this won't work uh i forget sometimes or i over i try a new position i'm like oh that's not going to work but the great thing about running your own show is that i can say you know what no i'm gonna change position now and and, and that's that's fine, it's you know me as the facilitator means that I get to say I'm not going to sacrifice myself for holding the pose you know consistently through the whole time. That rarely happens, I should say, but occasionally, yeah, yeah,
0: and I'm just wondering about you know lying on a floor or because what you did yeah. in Berlin as opposed to Ottawa as opposed to Toronto is going to be a bit different, so um have you uh
2: have you padded that floor well for yourself <laughs> Yeah. So I I think that 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 is actually an issue that I'm running into uh, for lying down and sitting poses. Uh, The studios that I am used to working with in uh, Berlin, they're all set up for this on a regular basis. So they have like little mattresses or little like like cushier things. Right. And uh, here when I'm traveling and I can't really take a whole lot with me. Uh, this, is, this is the first time I've done the Canadian Fringe without a car. I'm struggling. I am struggling. Uh, but what it means is I can't take if, – if I had a, a way to, to take, like, a nice, cushy mattress or a nice – even a thick, like, gymnastics pad, I would do that. Instead, I need to do yoga mats, which are not cushy at all. <laughs> so it, lying down, I have to say, it is a bit of a torment. But, you know, a little bit of suffering for art is to be expected. Get a thick yoga mat. Yeah, I know, but I can't carry it with me.
0: Because oh. I'm flying.
2: For yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's right. I, I have my perfect... I have, my perfect stretch. I have my perfect stretch mat uh, back, back at my house in Berlin, and uh, it's perfect in every, every single way. But it, it's way too big to carry even in kind of larger luggage. So that's what I got. I am grateful, of course, to all of my team coordinators. I have a team coordinator in every city to help me find the production crew and to help me find props and air purifiers, all the stuff that I need to tour with. I have one. I have one in every city and bless their hearts. They are bringing out, they're bringing out the good stuff, but like yoga mats just fundamentally are insufficient and anything else is too hard to locate.
0: Right. And with the friends you have to take down after every show.
2: Yeah, for sure. You're rolling that up. I can't just leave it in the center of of an art studio. It's I'm, I'm rolling it up and, and you know, my crew and I are hustling that out in 10 or 15 minutes, you know, so.
0: Okay, so where will you be for- be performing in Toronto?
2: What's your venue in Toronto? I'm at the Tarragon Extra Space, um, so Tarragon Theater Extra Space. Whenever I say Tarragon Theater to anyone in Toronto, they seem to know uh, where that is. Uh, it's on Bridgman Avenue. I want to yeah. say anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they, I,
0: I, I. It, they 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 know it. It's um it's not that it's uh, it's off Bathurst. First yes. off Bathurst uh, for okay. people in Toronto who don't know, and I've been at the Tarragon Theater. I've been in the Extra Space, yes. and I think the Extra Space is going to be good for you um, to be in uh, for people to be able to see you, and also for people to to draw. And uh, mm. it's an intimate it's an intimate space. So yeah,
2: um, the interesting thing that's been a, that's been um, a real challenge. I don't know, real challenge, but it has involved usually a bit of back and forth with each fringe. It's like th- th- they'll come back and say, so what what do, you, what do you need for seating again? Because what we do is I have to have flexible seating so that my crew and I can take it apart and put it in the round. So this is a, a 360 degree surround setting um the way that it would be in an art studio we just take all the movable chairs that we can um and and set them around the modeling space and and so flexible seating in theaters is is not actually that common it's a black box sort of theater space right um and it does seem like when i talked to toronto about this they said extra space was was the one and uh i'm i'm looking forward to 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 putting that on in there yeah Okay. It'll be interesting to see how they configure it for you. Oh, they won't be configuring it. They won't be configuring it. That's me and my crew. That's the main part of our setup is moving the chairs out and then moving them back afterwards. Right. Okay. So it's just, okay. it's just doing the us doing the hustle. The other thing that is a lot of work for producing news is stocking and restocking and counting the drawing materials at the end of each beforehand and at the end of each session that actually is a lot of extra paperwork so to speak yeah exactly (laughs)
0: it's a different type of paperwork but it's paperwork nonetheless (laughs) yep so you haven't been in toronto in a long time you've been living in berlin um i hope the city is welcoming to you i will definitely be welcoming to you can't wait to see you and um you know i've been watching your Trials and tribulations, and your successes with Smut Slam in Berlin, yes. and um, all the different fringes that you've been at, you've been in, and I'm happy for. The, I'm happy that you're still doing your thing.
2: I I honestly like the pandemic of course ripped a hole in a lot of people's plans um and you know when i left north america in 2017 i was on a good trajectory uh pandemic really kind of stymied a lot of things and a lot of my colleagues in performance um decided or could not go on in performance right Mm. um and and so i feel extraordinarily lucky and because i can't think it's all my pig-headed stubbornness you know uh, like i feel i feel like, i feel that it's it some things are just hard and a pandemic is hard and i and i can't judge anyone for that but i do feel a little bit like a little bit of a survivor at this point um it's been really 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 rough for people in performance
0: yeah it definitely has you know mm. as somebody who does an art show when that mm. pandemic hit i mm. knew uh, automatically before you, anybody else who wasn't familiar with the arts, I knew what it meant. Yeah. I knew what it meant financially um, to to the artists and everything that surrounds them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I knew what was coming and that was going to be lack of income and, you know, lack of promises fulfilled for what they had planned,
2: you yes. know? and, and it, Yeah, it is true. And like it, it, you, what you see then, and I'm sure you're seeing this now, is I don't know how to quite figure it, but there that does then... There's going to be or there is already a generational gap in the arts scene right you're going to have like two or three years that just didn't happen where you where you missed the flow of like of 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 performers from whatever from specialty schools to fringe to you know all these places where artists develop you have three years where or two years at least certainly where that has not been possible and that's a very disruptive element and and how an art scene anywhere grows.
0: Yes. And it's coming back here in Toronto, but uh, there are financial pains Mm. um, as well Mm -hmm. as, you know, with, with the slow growth in terms of, you know, these smaller art organizations uh, made it through the pandemic and now they're, you know, they're having problems um, maintaining themselves. And that's Mm -hmm. been a heartbreak for me. To see mm-hmm.
2: as yeah. well yeah because because like uh, in Berlin certainly you, you we saw lots of of smaller performance venues or you know gig spaces where comedy might happen restaurant you know like places that would support certainly the the fringe or like independent theater element closed they just closed they just closed. You know, and this is also accelerated by gentrification and rentals costs going up, um, rent rent rates for for property, and um, this is all like converging, in this, in this very much a perfect storm of of problems for 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 the independent art scene everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. So,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the same problems uh, that you saw in Berlin is the same problems happening here with yeah. uh, increasing rents and. You know, we've all got together at some point and find out and figure out how to make this world work because the inequity is uh, yes.
2: is growing, is growing. Yes, um, which is why we need the arts which is it's the cheesiest thing right but when when people at the beginning of the pandemic where people were saying look artists are the ones who are making it possible for you to stay at home and stay entertained and like relatively sane artists are the ones doing that you need to support the arts and like people and instead what do we get we get ai we get ai bullshit excuse me we get ai yeah (laughs) and like is that supposed to be solving the problem um and so you know i think it, it's easy as an artist to feel the, the, the. You know, especially, again, especially in the beginning. We were the, we were the first to close down, and we were the last ones to open back up. And it's easy to feel a little bit tossed aside and disposable because of that. But like, we have to stay strong because hard times are happening, and hard times are coming. And um, arts, arts may be like, may feel like luxury items, but storytelling and drama and music and all those things uh, you know these are crucial to surviving massive change like what we're t- talking about coming down the pike you know
0: yeah it's great for your for people's health
2: yes yes 100% that,
0: yeah and i think that was evident during the pandemic when people would mm-hmm. you know ha- use whatever like facebook people had facebook concerts you know people put on lawn party lawn concerts distances. We, we, all, we all need that. And yes. uh, Cameron, thank you for yep. taking time out to do this interview. And I'll definitely hit you up when you come to Toronto. Make sure I'm there. To see I'm you. looking
2: forward to seeing you. Yeah.
0: My audience will go. My ah. audience will go and come and support you. Okay? Love to hear it. Thank you so Great. much. Thank you. <laughs> and that was my interview with Cameron Moore. And again, Muse. The full title is Muse. An Experiment in Storytelling and Life Drawing, it opens on July 6th at 4.30 p.m. The last performance is July 15th at 8.15 p.m. and other performances in between those two dates. It takes place at the Tarragon Theatre in the Extra Space. The Tarragon is located at 30 Bridgman Ave. And Bridgman is spelled B-R-I-D-G-M-A-N avenue and it is just off of bathurst but for more information fringetoronto.com www.fringetoronto.com you're listening to the more the merrier with donna g on ciut 89.5 fm
4: She moves through gridlocked streets Like an angel's grace has kissed her feet Like a bird that's broken free The way she moves, she moves me The way she moves, she moves me She moves and flips her hair Like a silent dancer in the midnight square The song she's hearing sets her free The way she moves, she moves me The way she moves, she moves me
5: She's the girl with faraway eyes She's like Dorsey's clear blue skies She's somewhere being.
4: she moves right through the town the world just stops spinning around hold my breath what do i see the way she moves she moves me the way she moves she moves She moves, she moves me, the way she moves, she moves me, the way she moves, she moves me. CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. Stream us anytime at www.ciut.fm
0: you're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM and joining me now is Heidi M a longtime guest here on The More The Merrier and you can reach her at highmusings.ca and she is an arts and uh, science writer and uh, a renaissance woman and welcome friend welcome Heidi to see you back to CIUT
1: hello my gal pal how you doing
0: I'm doing well, thanks. And one of the things that I'm going to enjoy with this interview is the fact that um, you see things that I haven't had a chance to see, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. Because, as you know, the two of us we we have day jobs, and um, being you know smaller media, but no less important, um, we can't go see everything. And so it's good to be able to do this uh, chat today to talk about some of the plays that um, that you've seen that the audience should know about, just to let it stand for the record that these plays and performances existed, Mm -hmm. and also to get people out to see um, a variety of theatre. So why don't we get started by talking about a play that I wanted to see but just couldn't see. And mm-hmm. um I hope I'm pronouncing it properly. Uh Siswe Banzi is dead, uh, written by Athol Fugard. You got a chance to see that at um the Soul Pepper presentation. So take it away, please, Heidi.
1: Sure. Thanks, Donna. Yeah, so that's sh- that play um has ended its run but definitely we wanted to highlight it because um one you were curious about it and two I was able to go and um for people who are not familiar with the show it's a South African playwright and um this production the play basically focuses on um apartheid era South Africa and the circumstances of what was happening then with um, with the black citizens in terms of having to carry an identification card um, at all times and having to get permission to work in particular areas of the country if you decided to go work outside of your, I guess, town where you were born and you lived. And the other interesting tidbit about this play is that the government at the time in South Africa used some of the same ideas that um the older Canadian government set up here with regards to uh, Indigenous people like the ID cards and having a number and those kinds of things
0: interesting
1: there's an overlap in terms of relevancy um when we think of the stories
0: some people might know um Athel Fugard's name because of Master Harold and the boys a uh, Tony Award nominated playwright. But um Amaka Ume um is in it and she's always been on my list as someone, you know, to follow. So can you tell me about her performance?
1: Oh yes. Um outstanding 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 um you know the standing ovation was not just for show (laughs) um both her and Tawaya McCarthy were amazing in their roles It's the two of them on stage for the entire show and um you know I think what I really appreciate about Amaka's performances is, is her versatility and um the fact that the role calls for you know humor in the first sort of act You know, the way that the character that she's portraying interacts with the audience, because there's a, you know, the fourth wall is like broken, essentially. Um, You know, there there is that chance for us to laugh at some of the stuff that is um, being shared with us in a way that is sort of intimate, if you will. And like we're in on this sort of journey of of the character setting up shop, they're opening a photo studio and. What's happening through that part of their story, until we meet one of the customers who happens to be Siswabansi, and then the mood of the play changes, and so does the um, the energy of the performances. And uh, Amaka plays more than one role um, in that show, and just her duality in in those characters really, really was quite exceptional.
0: Tawia, I had I first saw him. Um, many years ago in play. It was at Buddies in Bad Times and it was by Tommy Stevens and it was called Man to Man. And that's Mm -hmm. where I first saw him. Amaka, I first saw many years ago and she was in Sister Act playing uh, Dolores Van Cartier or Sister Mary Clarence, the Whoopi Goldberg character. That's where I first noted her and she was amazing Mm -hmm. and uh tanisha tate uh was involved in that and you can't go wrong with tanisha tate so that's where i first saw her and then i you know i kept seeing her name involved with stratford and you know um all the different plays that she's done so do you remember where you first saw her
1: yeah i think i missed the sister act um play which you know it kind of annoys me now but um yeah
0: well we both as i said we can't be everywhere and you know um bringing her up just brings me back to the lower Ossington theater which is no longer oh there, God, yes. yeah. <laughs> we um, there yeah yeah we went there a few times uh you were just gonna say before i interrupted where you first saw her
1: um yeah i think more recently what i remember is seeing her um in the show fall on your knees which was just premiered here earlier this year and it's based on um, that really famous novel so again you know she kind of steals the the scene as they say you know when she's Mm -hmm. on stage um again a very a very different character of course in that play but wow i mean yeah. At least someone to keep in mind for people who are, you know, maybe deciding on what theater to she- to see. Um, these names are are names to keep in mind.
0: I would have loved to have seen her Hamlet at Stratford.
1: Right. But <laughs> um too many things, too many things.
0: So um so that's Isway Banzi is dead. Let's move on to um a smaller uh theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, a company called um, Act Two Studio. Correct me if I'm wrong, Heidi. And uh, I was your plus one. And it was wonderful (laughs) to be a plus one because I could just relax and watch the show. We both laughed a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) If
0: you're ever at a performance, people, and you hear two women cackling, look behind you because it's probably us. (laughs) Because <laughs> we are not afraid to show um, when we are enjoying something, we're we're in it. We're we're in it. And um, Alyssa Strada was uh, a wonderful body uh, play. And tell people about the actors, Heidi.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So just to um, confirm the name, it is Act Two Studio Works um is the company and um yeah so the actors are all 50 years of age or older and older and um they're a riot in a great way you know they're enjoying themselves on stage and it's really i find it refreshing to see theater with different age groups as as cast members um because it's just a reminder that you know art just doesn't end because we get older
0: (laughs) exactly and um wonderful participation, Mm -hmm. and you can't uh, put it at the level of a Stratford, but smaller theatre companies are just as relevant, just as important, because we all uh, need the art. And as you said, just because you're older uh, doesn't mean you can't keep working on the stage or trying the stage uh, for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, they brought something different to Lysistrata. Yeah, uh, they they brought kink <laughs> into Lysistrata <Liz's> <laughs> yes. while, you know, even while they're maintaining the, you know, the 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 classic uh, Greek sort of amphitheater style okay. of the play with the chorus and and everything and uh, the stock characters, they were all so wonderful in their roles and You know, the aspect of the kink in in the play is wonderful because it's also older people that you're seeing, you know, you're seeing older sexual beings on stage. And I thought that was fantastic.
1: That and I also, you know, in in reading about the show as well, they mentioned that one of the slight updates to the play was the inclusion of the older women, um, having more more to say, I guess, you know? Um, mm-hmm. The ones who play the grandmas, you know, the ones that, you know, reminding us that grandmas and are still, you know, they can be activists and warriors and um, and adding some humor and um, some interesting kind of points of view, I think. Um,
0: yeah, and Lysistrata, um, for those of you who might rem- remember it from from high school, it's mm-hmm. a play, it's a Greek play where the women go, the women are tired of war and want their men home, so um, they restrict uh, sex. So they go on a sex strike
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, to get these two warring areas of Greece uh, to stop warring. You know, as they say on the Instagram, "No peace, no P." And I can't <laughs> say the word <laughs> um, on screen on on the radio, but. Uh, that's their slogan: "No peace, no pee." And um, and that was hilarious how they acted that out. But okay. also, they they modernized it a little bit in the sense that it's an ancient play, but it it's still <laughs> topical and modern. And you see some of the women wearing like combat pants, yes. and you know, talking about issues of the day like capitalism, uh-huh. um, in the play. And the role that plays in war. So um, kudos to to them, um, Act 2 Studio. If you want to look them up, Act 2 Studio Work is on Instagram. So it's Act and then the number two, Studio Works. So look for them and uh, their cheeky ensemble um, <laughs> <laughs> playing um, Aristophanes' uh, Women of Athens. And I was very happy to take... A picture myself of uh, myself and one of the actors who played the magistrate. And that actor's name, uh, if you go to my Instagram, TMTM with Donna G, you'll see me with an actor, Michael Truman, who plays the magistrate as well as a character named Harmony. <laughs> and we are posed. He's wearing a slinky black dress with pearls. And he's absolutely gorgeous, but he is without his red wig. Um, but I had so much fun at Elisa Strada. Um, so that's a smaller play still worth talking about that happened at Alumni Theatre. Now, let's on, Heidi. Oh, any, any last words about Elisa Strada that you might want to uh, talk about, Heidi?
1: I know I'm echoing what you've just said and also just... Um... You know, I, a shout out to the company and, and the actors. I, it's my first time experiencing their work. So I def, I'm i definitely going to add them to my listings in the future.
0: Yeah. And when we talk about diversity, let's talk about, mm-hmm. you know, age diversity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to see an all senior cast in this. Yeah. So moving on now to um, no save points. Um, by outside the march and uh this is a company that you made me um Mm -hmm. aware of heidi so let uh tell the audience about outside the march please
1: um so the company itself is a company that's been around for a few years now and their goal is to not just um share stories but also have audiences be part of stories and and instead of an immersive type of um, deliveries, so some of the previous shows have asked us to to join the actors in their journey. I know that was an experience uh, we've had at Soul, uh, at uh, SummerWorks a few years back. They've done uh, something related to sort of a video store where you're, uh, it's still a play, but it has to do with movies. And this recent version is sort of a, um, a slight upgrade in that the creator and performer Sebastian Hines is, how do I put it so that it makes more sense? Um, he's part of a video game, <laughs> but he also engages the audience in, in sort of, telling him what his next moves are supposed to be as part of that video game um so
0: it sounds a lot different than Trojan Girls and the outhouse of atreus
1: yes thank you for reminding me of that from last year yeah absolutely absolutely different yes um with the one that you mentioned Trojan Girls we were um in two different settings where we were indoors and outdoors and perhaps a little bit more passive in terms of being immersed. Whereas here for No Safe Points, the idea is that um, Sebastian Hines is trying to talk about uh, an important topic of um, that touched his life with regards to his mother being diagnosed with Huntington's disease when he was much younger and him sort of using um, the Game Boy to play games and, and that was his way of escaping, if you will. Um, and coping and uh, in this um, performance he the first act involves at least four people who are quote unquote taking control of the game um, with different stories that are sort of different versions of games that you would see and and then they are basically pressing buttons so that Sebastian Hines on stage is moving in a particular way or doing specific things to to you know, save points or, um, gain points. And then the second act has more of the bigger audience involved where we get, uh, different color circles and we vote that way in terms of what, which way he should go in his decision-making when he's in the game. Very different. That's,
0: that's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where is that, uh, playing?
1: So that's actually at Lighthouse Art Space at Young 1 Young Street which is the old Toronto Star building where, where a lot of the immersive um, like the immersive Clem, immersive Frida Kahlo immersive Disney <laughs> have taken place. So that building has more than one room or areas and he's in one of those um, one of those spots there. It's been extended. Yeah, it's been extended which is kind of great news. Um and I guess it's also part of word of mouth and getting great reviews. So it's extended until July 2nd. I think the one thing I will say is that it may seem for at first, it may seem like a lot is happening in in, this, in the sense that he's doing a bit of storytelling. So setting up the story and then going into the video game world. But at the end, it all comes like if you sit with it, um, it kind of makes sense at the end.
0: Okay. So much do you more. think this will appeal just to gamers or do you think theater people will enjoy okay. it?
1: No, I think it's a, it it should appeal to anybody. And um shameless plug here. I I when I interviewed Sebastian Heinz, I also asked him about ages um in terms of, you know, if maybe some parents want to bring their children along, like what would be sort of an age group and and he sort of shared that there were um, younger kids, like 10 years old, maybe younger um, in some of the performances. So it is it is accessible that way to to different audience members.
0: Well, that's a nice mix to get younger kids introduced to to theater and performances.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. And and uh, and the non-traditional uh, theater at that. Yes. OK, now let's move on to. Uh, something that's very commercial that's been around for a couple of years, interrupted by COVID. Tony yes. uh, nominated and Tony winner, um, uh, Hamilton, which is a Mervish production here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I have been on the fence about this play, uh, since I heard about it. Why? Simply, simply because I, I don't know. I like rap music. I don't know if I could sit through a whole play of of rap.
1: Right. Um,
0: so I'm on the fence about that. So uh, you saw it recently. And uh, what is your feedback about Hamilton?
1: Full disclosure, I actually have not seen the original cast on the Disney Plus channel. Uh, because I kind of figure that I might be going to the in-person performance. Mm-hmm. So I cannot compare it to that, but for people who may be on the fence, I might suggest perhaps watching a bit of that if you have access to Disney Plus, so you kind of know what to expect.
0: And um, why is that?
1: Um, because then you would under you could gauge whether or not the um, the way that um, it's saying, as you said, like hip hop and rap, mm-hmm. um, is something that you can get used to within a few minutes, right?
0: okay Um, I see
1: I think uh, I had this discussion with the friend that I went with because at first she was like oh oh okay you know she she also hadn't seen the original I think and at first she I knew what I was kind of getting into (laughs) um but I think she she was just thinking oh okay so this is how it's gonna this is the kind of music that this musical is giving us right Mm -hmm. um but to be really honest, I think uh, the like the performance was like the theater was full um, different ages in terms of the audience member. But I did see some elderly folks uh, leaving quite early in the first act. I'm not sure if it was just the fact that it's loud as well, but also maybe discerning the lyrics, because sometimes with rap, as you know, it can be kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing my friend and I talked about was, you know maybe not just only having some sensitiv- sensitivity in terms of understanding rap and, and picking up the words. Maybe you don't get 100% of the words, but you get, I don't know, 60, 80%. Mm-hmm. Kind of get the message, right? Right. But also, if you have some knowledge of American history, <laughs> um, that could also help in the sense of, you know who George Washington is, Thomas Jefferson, you know, like, um, like some names are not going to be so obscure, I suppose.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think for those of us who kind of have a little bit of understanding, or, you know, we know a little bit about the culture and music of like, in terms of rap or um, the history, politically, it's not so surprising. So but what for- is, uh,
0: we've been talking about the the music form, but what is the synopsis of, of Hamilton?
1: So essentially, it is the story of Alexander Hamilton, um, who was um, somebody who a lot of people don't know in American history. And, um, you know, he he basically helped establish um, what's it called, kind of the financial system in the U.S. And um, he he sort of inherited this responsibility of, You know, at the time, there was no U.S. dollar yet. You know, they were still using foreign currencies. And uh, he was instrumental in sort of establishing, like, the dollar as the currency of the country. Um, He was also involved in, like, um, some of the battles in the South um, at the time as well, because it was in the late um, 1700s. So as much as he is kind of a political figure in terms of his involvement in some of the um, the fights, he he should. What they're saying is he should also be remembered as someone who was pivotal in terms of setting up this financial structure in the U.S.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But
1: also- um, he's
0: he's he's one of the lesser known. Well, until Hamilton, lesser <laughs> known um, founding fathers. You know, right. as as they're called,
1: as they're called, that's correct. as
0: as they're called because we all know they're on stolen land, um, as we as we are. So, <laughs> um, so uh, that's who he was. And I know you haven't seen the original cast, but a play is still a play. Yes. So the the play should work regardless of oh, yes. actors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So does it work?
1: I think it does. Um, I also want to just quickly mention that we do meet um Alexander Hamilton's wife, and she's she's also an important figure as you sit through the show um in in the telling of the story and uh, I think the play works. I actually think he gets the message across of who he was and the situation at the time, like the political climate and you know um, young young men wanting to rise up the ranks you know in terms of politics at the time young black men because he was um still quite young and um i actually was surprised that i i i enjoyed enjoyed it more than i expected it Enjoy. really yes Okay. You know how I am about those things, right? Sometimes yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Because I don't really go to a lot of musicals. You know that about me, really. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. And um, I actually, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Also, because I recognize some of the references in the music to music that I would listen to when I was younger.
0: <laughs> so right. what's what are some of the references um, that you... um? That you connected with
1: um so believe it or not the program actually lists them some of the tracks that they were um referencing um there's some music by um let me see just want to make sure i kind of pick up like sean combs um also known as puff daddy (laughs) um you know um p diddy p diddy or you know Biggie, you know, Rest in Peace, like that kind of, um, like maybe not an entire line or lyric, but there are certain sayings in some of those tracks from the 90s that we would recognize. Um, and um, to me, that was sort of something that made it like, oh, okay, I can understand some of these reference, like some of the lines that the characters on stage are saying. Okay. Um, But they're peppered throughout the different musical numbers.
0: Is there dancing?
1: There's some dancing, for sure. So it's a mix, right? It's a mix of there's some dialogue um, that's not sang or rapped. And then there's obviously some rap. And there is definitely some dancing.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, in terms of whether people should go see it or not, it's a thumbs up for you then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so I think especially you know if you're not going to compare with the original if you've seen it as I mentioned um I've heard some people say well you know so and so is not like this other person on the original but don't go for that because each each actor artist has their merit um right and
0: and even as with live theater even sometimes it even depends on the the makeup of the the audience
1: and the day you know yeah exactly Hmm. and the audience was really receptive there were people who were clapping you know almost all the time so you know it's it, the energy was was being given back
0: okay so, Hmm. good that speaks well for um, for the production yeah. so we've managed to talk about quite a variety of theater here today uh, and uh, thank you so much Heidi for sharing your thoughts on what on what you've seen and chatting with me about what we've seen together. And uh, people listen out for us. you hear laughter. Yes. <laughs> at your next uh, at your next play um, or one, live event.
1: And one last thing I want to say as well that if a show asks for audience participation, please engage the artists are depending on your energy. And mm-hmm. That's also the case for no safe points, as I mentioned, because there's audience interaction. So give them energy back.
0: Yeah, take part, jump in there. <laughs> okay. So again, your website is highmusings.ca, H-Y-E-M-U-S-I-N-G-S dot C-A. And you're also on Instagram. And what is your Instagram?
1: Um. So my social handles are... At H-Y-E-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. I'm using.
0: Okay. And that's Instagram and Twitter.
1: And Facebook.
0: And Facebook. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, Heidi. I really appreciate this. Thank you, Donna. It was fun. And people go and check out her site and her socials. Thank you very much for tuning in to The More The Merrier with Donna G. If you want to get in touch with me, my socials are at TMTM with Donna G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can go to www.ciut.fm, click on Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m. and my information is there right under the More the Merrier. You can also access my podcast there. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to my guests, Heidi M. and Cameron Moore. Leaving you now with Everybody by Black Sam, and earlier you heard The Way She Moves by Alex Bird and The Jazz Mavericks. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.